0: It's an industry that I generally love, I have a passion for. I, I, I eat, sleep, I live for fitness. No, you need to be obsessed. You need to wake up, think about it, you need to go to bed, think about your clients, think about your progress, think about what you can do better.
1: Genuinely, like just be like patient and take your time. Like that that is like you've gotta take it all in, in the right steps. You've got a nail what you do in person before you go online. I don't like to talk about fear. The fears is usually something that makes your worries real. You are listening to the Coaching Ignited show where we bring you stories and insights from coaches, fitness professionals and industry experts to help you expand your business and reach your goals. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. My name is Alex Povey. You can subscribe to the podcast on all your favorite apps, including Spotify and iTunes. The Coaching Ignited movement is on a mission to help coaches and personal trainers increase their sales and reach their full potential. If you wanted to find out more, please head over to coachingignited.com. And if you wanted to connect with us on social media, all the details can be found in the show notes. Now let's get into today's show. On today's show, we've got Brendan Chaplin, the CEO of Strength and Conditioning Education. And on this episode, we discuss why your belief determines whether you succeed or fail in business. And we really drill down into some of Brendan's personal experiences with this and how knowledge and skills affect your confidence as a coach and how that really affects building your client base and your business overall. And what you need to learn to deliver results and body transformations and really stand out from the crowd. Um, and really succeed in the fitness industry. And if you stick around to the end, guys, there's also gonna be um, a little discount code for you if you wanted to look at Brendan's SNC level 4 course via Strength and Conditioning Education. Um, so stick around for that. And really, this is a great show for anyone at any level who really wants to see things from a new perspective, but also Just learn from the wealth of knowledge that Brendan has to offer. So I can't wait for you to get into this show. As always, let me know your thoughts. It's always great to get your feedback. Sit back, relax, and I'll see you on the other side. Okay, so we are live. So great to have you here, buddy. Um, Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. Kick stuff off by just talking about your backstory. Like you've got all these great things behind you anyone listening now um we were just discussing all these little achievements and milestones and stuff that have been going on in your life that you've got on the wall behind you but how did that all start like how did this all come about
0: um yes great question i i still would define myself as at the very essence of what i do as a martial artist so my background is martial arts and i took up mixed martial arts and Brazilian jiu-jitsu and all the, the current things that we see so much now. But back in the day when I took it up, there was hardly anyone doing it. It was in its, it was in its embryonic stage. So I, I really was incredibly passionate about not necessarily the outcome of the martial arts, but the process of just improving, basically. Mm. And at that point in time as a teenager my vision at that point was to, to become a martial arts coach and open up a, a string of martial arts gyms. And I, I was really obsessed with the coaching process. But what happened was I got a number of injuries and um, rotator cuff and lower back and so on and so forth. And I basically had to do something about it. So my coach at the time, a guy called Carl Tamswell, I trained with a gym called the Straight Blast Gym, which is where Conor McGregor is from, and trained with John Kavanagh, Conor's coach, before Conor probably even started. And Kyle um, Tanso at the time lent me a video or a DVD to, to to give me some information on how to rehab myself. And I watched this video, and it just blew my mind. Again, the depth and complexity, but also simplicity of training to to rehabilitate yourself and at that point I basically became obsessed with strength and conditioning as we know it today the person on that video was Mike Boyle who's a a very prominent coach from America and so I I pestered Mike on an email and, and said can I come and work for you disappeared over to the states and did an internship and worked with Mike then I came back to the UK started up my own strength and conditioning facility in Leeds and ended up working for the English Institute of Sport and this is pre-Beijing 2008. Um, Worked with a number of athletes there from different sports and then went with British tennis and rugby league, Huddersfield Giants, consulted with England golf and judo and obviously worked with UFC and MMA fighters and realised that, the coaching element of that was what I was passionate about. It wasn't the sets and the reps, it was the coaching and the relationship building and realized that that was the conduit for the results that you get. The program comes second to the relationships you're able to build. And at that point, I started writing a blog because I was passionate about sharing what I did. People started to inquire about how to get into strength and conditioning, which ended up being a mentoring program. And nowadays, I have a company called Strength and Conditioning Education that delivers qualifications and training for for people looking to get into strength and conditioning and youth fitness and so on and so forth. I have a company called Strength and Success that delivers business coaching and education. And I do consult with performance athletes and um, businesses and so on and so forth on on coaching and leadership and, and structure. And I realized that coaching is my passion. Coaching is the thing that sits above everything else, performance coaching. um, The techniques and tools and uh, models that you use are different depending on who you're working with, if it's a business versus an athlete, for example. But that's essentially the last knocking on 15 years, maybe 17 years of my life in two minutes. (laughs)
1: Love it. So was was any of this planned out? So you went off. And you discovered this whole world. Did you start mapping out this journey that you've been on? Or did it just kind of fall into play? How did it, how did it play out?
0: Yeah, it's it's a really good question. It's a bit of both. There's I I think that unequivocally, from start to finish, and, and well, not finish, but from start to now, I've always shared every, everything I've had. And, and that's driven purely by passion and by a, a desire to raise standards, but also just get feedback and just put things out there. So I share with no agenda on that. But when I went into martial arts, I wanted to be a world-class martial artist. When I went to strength, into strength and conditioning, I wanted to be a world-class strength and conditioning coach. And I had a number of criteria that, that would essentially qualify me as that. And then when I started to build strength and conditioning education as a business, um, I wanted to build a performance business and push as hard as I could to see how far I could go with that business. So it started out as a lifestyle business and it was me, I was working full time as a head of strength and conditioning, five days, six days a week. And I was building up an education business on the side and and it was a lifestyle business. And then I had to make that uncomfortable leap from the comfort zone of a paycheck into this is now full self employment. And then later, as that business grew, another uncomfortable leap from being me and some people to this is now a proper business that needs cash flow, that we've got a board of directors, and so on and so forth. And those psychological steps were driven by a desire to push as hard as I could and and take it as far as I could. But also I de-risked that by actually planning that out as best I could and try to, as I say, try to de-risk it as much as possible. There's no way to to not have risk there, but you can take care of the downside as much as you can to, to make that risk a little bit more considered.
1: we talk about that yeah can we talk about that a little bit more so can we dive into that de-risking so some of the measures that you took to de-risk the situation so I think I mean it's a great
0: it's a great discussion point because I, I mean I see it all the time you might be the same in that speaking to business owners speaking to people who are super super ambitious but when it gets uncomfortable there's a there's planning there there's and and quite often you you see people not grow and not grow themselves or their businesses, not because they don't know what to do, but because they're they're just not quite ready or they're not prepared to, to jump in and have a go. And I think it's a tough one to overcome. I, I don't consider myself as a, a risk taker, but I know a lot of people would consider me as that, but I, I genuinely don't. I think the best way to do it, first, education's key. Knowing the steps and knowing how to do things de-risks things in itself. So if if you want to learn how to grow your business to a six-figure business or a seven-figure business, or you want to learn how to get a job with elite athletes or whatever's relevant and important to you, the education piece of doing that, de-risk something because you've got a greater chance of success and you can actually see, okay, so I need to go from point A to B to C to D. So that's step one. But the second step is then actually you've got to want it enough to 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 take this step from A to B to C to D because there's still risk there. And And I don't think loving what you do or having a passion for it is enough. You've got to really be able to say, I don't you know I'm I'm going to make this happen it has to work and uh, sometimes that you know finding that reason whatever that reason is is enough to to take a step and other times it's not and and perhaps people don't for that reason
1: so oh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm
0: musing a little bit here mate but that's sort of where I'm at with it
1: yeah yeah it's just an interesting topic like you said and did you figure all these steps out and connect the dots yourself or did someone show you the dots and the steps to follow?
0: Um, nobody's ever done the model that you want to do exactly the same as you. So whilst you can get coaches and mentors and, and other people, that just great people to, to help you, nobody's ever done it exactly how you're going to do it. So you've still got to go through that yourself. But I do think that I've, I've never not been surrounded by people that I felt could add a lot of value and, and I've, I've always made a, a concerted effort to do that you know it doesn't always have to, it's not like you've got to pay x pounds for this but bringing in really good people I've had business mentors since I was for, for over 10 years and coaching mentors for longer than that that have walked the path you're going to walk or, or trying to walk it, or a version of that path and have specific skill sets and knowledge that you may not have or not have to the same degree, mm. is, it's unbelievably valuable to have that, that network and that support network to, to help you.
1: We were having this discussion the other day on the podcast with, a, with another guy I recorded with on Sunday, and we were talking about why coaches need coaches just like everyone else, just because you're a coach doesn't mean you can't be coached I think maybe it's a pride thing sometimes when you're a coach you feel like you should be in charge you're Mm. the alpha or the dominant person in the situation so you shouldn't have to seek for help but it's kind of like a short and narrow way of looking at the situation because there's huge upside to getting someone that can actually make you accountable and show you the steps that you've not seen before right
0: Mm. I agree I mean I I split it into three boxes I I think there's what, when I look at what 's helped me, I think there's three there 's coaches there's mentors, and there's consultants and i 'm not necessarily count like of course, people like um friends and business associates also are in there too but you, I, i've been through different phases, and i see it I see it with the people I work with now some sometimes you 're not coachable, and it's not the right time for you to get a coach that is going to give you a kick up? Because like, no, I know exactly what I need to do. I just need to do it now. So at that phase of your life or that phase of the journey, it might not be a coach that you need there. A mentor, somebody who who's sort of telling you what to do, and perhaps usually they've been there before. They might be a business owner that's a bit further down the line than you. Um, they might be a coach that's a bit further down the line than you. Or a specific type of coach that can work on a certain area. And again, there's times there where you think, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Or I need to bounce ideas off you as to how to apply this strategy in my own business and my own career. And then there's consultants that you can bring in that are a kind of hybrid of, of the other two, but they actually do the work as well. And I think there's times where it's it's the right thing to do to invest in a consultant to say. I'm going to build all that for you or I'm going to work in, in this way with you and get it done. So I think having those three boxes, think, which is right for me right now, do I need somebody who's going to challenge me, question me um, on a on a routine basis? Do I need somebody who's going to tell me what to do with a bit of challenge as well? and Or do I need somebody who's actually going to do it, but coming in from a senior position that I regard highly? And um, I think – you you can flick between those three. You might have a coach with you for years, but also have a number of consultants as well.
1: Mm. Um, There's no right or wrong, but I think having those three people certainly helped me anyway. Yeah, that's super interesting how you kind of describe the different levels and the different type of people. And I think they kind of merge into each other a lot of the time, don't they?
0: They do, they do. You can have somebody who can do all three.
1: Yeah, like they, they blend, right? But like, yeah. let's take it from a personal trainer's perspective and in their journey. So you've got, let's say, an offline personal trainer. They're working face-to-face with clients. What sort of level would they be looking at? Are they looking for another coach? Would they be looking for a mentor? Would they be looking at a consultant? Maybe a consultant's too much for them. Maybe they can't. They don't need a consultant with the level of business they've got. Yeah. If, if you've got a, a coach or a personal trainer like that, what level do you think they need to be looking towards if they want to upskill or if they want to increase their revenue or they want to make more impact in their business?
0: So I I guess it's going to, the whole thing starts with what do you want out of it as that coach, as that trainer, as that whoever, you know, this person is. And so sometimes you might be lucky enough to, to know exactly what you want. You know, I want to build this performance gym. I want to train a thousand people. I want to train celebrities. I want to train elite rugby players. And that's a really definitive understanding and clarity on what you want. And so with that type of thing in mind, the mentor model works really well because you can then go and say, right, this person is, is world-class at training rugby players. I'm going to, I'm going to ask them if they'll support me and, and can mentor me and sense, check me along the way. But if you don't know that, you might not know what that is. And that's somewhere a good coach can help to, to, get, to get that clarity with you, to help you open up your vision and see what could be achieved. Mm. And shine a light on some of the areas of weakness that you might have, can help you to, to map out a course of action, to, to develop some of the strengths that you've got, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I think if, if you know what you want, then go and find somebody who's done that or done a similar version of it. Ask them to mentor you and help them. And you're right, it's going to be this coach, coach mentor. Sometimes they're going to ask you the questions and challenge you. Sometimes they're going to say, you just need to do this now. Yeah. Crack on with it. And, uh, and I think that's a smart approach. But it does come from understanding, actually, what do you want out of this? You know, and that's the first phase. And if you can figure that out by yourself, go get a mentor. If you can't, then try and work with people who can help you to see that a little bit.
1: So all these things that you've done up to this point, all these different businesses that you've launched, all these different steps that you've taken, is there been like some consistent things that you've done every single time to make sure that they've succeeded and not failed? (laughs)
0: well they've not all they've not all succeeded I've had some things that I've shut down and and so on and so forth but we can talk about those and why they failed
1: and what you could have done but there must be common things that you've been applying every single time you know okay if I launch this new thing and I follow this blueprint to a degree obviously there's lots of different variables it can go wrong in lots of different ways but if I implement it like this or I plan it out like this or I take these steps or I get this person involved, then I know it's going to have the best chance of success. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, in terms of launching stuff, I I just think you've got to get what is in your head out and the longer it stays in your head. Firstly, you don't, you don't get paid for an idea. You only get paid when something's done. And secondly, the more chance you are of talking yourself into that, it's not good enough. So one of the things I, I, Strongly subscribe to that. It's definitely helped me. Is minimizing the time from an idea to action. So if you can take an idea, put it in front of somebody or people, quick. The quicker you can do that, the better you get the feedback for that idea, and the better the better the idea and that whole thing becomes. Then because you can shape it. I think that's number one. The second thing that goes along with that is asking the people that you serve, what do they want? What is going to help them to overcome their problems? And so you need to be be able to build a community. You need to actually have, and I'm not saying that you need some massive social media following. If you've got five personal training clients, ask all five of them, what would they really like to see from you? And then go and build it. And don't take six months over it. Do it in a, do it in a week, do it in two weeks. So minimizing the time from idea to action, um, asking people and and seeking what they want and then building it and giving it to them. That's sure. That's the essence of entrepreneurship there. And I think the the third thing is just some personal habits of showing up every day, being consistent. Mm. Don't take a month off that when I first started blogging, and I, I started to send emails saying, I've just written this blog, you know, there it is and directing people to it. It took me quite a long time to to build the habits of doing that on a regular basis because I didn't really know what the other side looked like. I didn't know what would happen if I did do that. So I kind of t- talked myself into like, well, maybe I don't need to do it that much. And so what would happen is I, I, set, a, I set a target to, to write three blogs a week back in the day, built my own website, and it was just a really basic, this is what I've just done in the gym with this athlete, this is what I've done with this group of people, and it wasn't always three times a week, um, but, I, but I started blogging and did it consistently, and it was really only when I was nailing that three times a week, and three emails to my database to tell those people, here's this blog that you might like, here's this that I really realized I've got, I've got the the essence of a a business here. And I I think it's a bit like dieting or a bit like sticking to a training program. It's absolutely fine to have slips. It's absolutely fine to to have cheat days, to have phases where you're like, you know what, I'm just not in the mood for training. But the growth process of grafting in those habits that actually then three blogs a week, you start to think I'm not even working now. And I'm going to do four, I'm going to do five, I'm going to do three blogs and I'm going to do a, a daily Facebook post and a this post and that post. You build those habits over time. So the, the personal habits of showing up every day and staying focused on what you're doing is the catalyst that complements minimising the time from getting the ideas out of your head and in front of people and seeking consultation from the people that you serve as to what they would like from you next. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, they're all very powerful points. And um, particularly the second one that you mentioned about basically asking the market what they want and then building it, rather than building a product that you think they want and then trying to sell it to them. Because I think that's where you can get tricked. Build an amazing product and everyone will come and buy it, but what we have to remember is it's not about us, it's about them. And that's the exact same process that we followed with our business. We didn't come up with the idea. We went to market, we spoke to 100 trainers and said, tell me what are your deepest and darkest problems? What keeps you up at night? What do you hate about your business? What is really like bugging you? Tell me what that is, document, repeat the process over and over again until you've got all that data and then you go away, you build it, you come back and go, here you go, here's the solution. Yeah. And that's yeah. really how you can build any product. You basically just put your ear to the market, you listen to the problem, mm-hmm. and then you just build it and hand it back to them. And it's the same with just even just the simplest things like a sales process or a taster session. You listen, they tell you all the pain points, you repackage it up and send it back. And then they go, wow, that's the perfect product that I was looking for. It's because mm-hmm. you told me what it was. Yeah. But of I think course, yeah. have look how simple it can be. Just let them tell you what they want and give it to them, right? Also, yeah. the point you you mentioned about speed to react, that's powerful. Because mm. I think I did a post on social media last night about overthinking because it's easy to overthink and just let the, that thought process take over and stop you from taking action. But the yeah. ones that are quickest to react, like yourself, have managed to achieve things.
0: And yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's the, the perfection trap, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it I, I call it perfection paralysis,
1: hmm.
0: and you, 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 I get it. We're all passionate about what we do. Personal trainers and coaches are all they want to do things really well, and and I totally understand that. But you can't do something really well until you get reaction and feedback of to what you've already done, and so you end up festering in this trap of like, oh, I need to get this right. It needs to be. It's like, actually, now it's done. Somebody else has done that now. Mm. Or, or you, you've changed, or they've, you know, they don't need that anymore, or they found it a, a hybrid solution. Like, no, ask people and then build it and do it quickly. It, it really is quite simple.
1: Yeah, it's like, I get it. Like, you want to keep that standard, but you don't want it to be super polished and perfect because perfection doesn't exist. So if you're yeah. always chasing perfection, it will lead to what you said, paralysis, and it's probably better to just churn out maybe three, four pieces of content and have a good amount of people see it than try and create that one per- perfect piece of content and no one sees it because it just gets buried straight away anyway. So you've just wasted all that time. Yeah. Uh, but I think that comes down to not caring too much about what people think. Obviously, keep your standards high, but I think a lot of people, myself included, i have been subject to this as you get paralyzed by people's opinions. It comes up every single time on the podcast. Don't know whether it's because I just mentioned it, but like it is a common thing, right? That's one of the biggest blockers of people taking action, building businesses, getting shit done, is other people's opinions and generally people they don't even care about.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. It's um, Yeah, what you you have two choices.
0: You either you either grow a thick skin and you drive yourself forward by the passion that you've got to to make an impact or you stay playing small. That's it. And I chose the former because you, you kind of, you just think how long have you got on this earth, you know, to, to, to give yourself the best chance and you owe it to yourself to look back and think, actually, I, I pushed as hard as I could. I, I did. I did make a contribution here. And this is, we get a bit fluffy, but this is not about, you know, pounds in the bank or like building an, a, a business of X size. It's actually looking back at the, yeah, I, I had a bloody good go at making a real impact. And I, I, I drove myself forward with, with that in mind. And um, of course there's challenges along the way, but surely you don't want to look back and think now nah, actually I, I stopped at this point because I really, didn't want to take any more criticism or, or, any criticism full stop. You know, that's not something that works well or resonates with me personally, but I, I do understand exactly what you mean. In people are paralyzed by that fear and you do have to grow a thick skin and, and understand that uh, if you try and please everybody, nobody. So if you want to make your impact and your mark on, on, on the audience that you serve and the people that you, you you're passionate about, you have to accept that some people are not going to like that. Um, but the people that do will love it. And that feels better than having an, an, an inordinate amount of people that either don't know who you are or kind of think you're like, eh, whatever. You know? For yeah. Me, anyway.
1: yeah, I think you need to be like one or the other. Like, I think the worst thing you can be is middle. Yeah. Then you're just like in the middle with everyone else. You either need to be like super silent, nothing going on, or extreme, or on, on one side. You don't really want to be one foot in one camp, one foot in the other, because it's not a strong enough opinion and no one will hear it. Sure. You need to stick to your guns, right? I'm quite um, intrigued by all the things that you've got behind you. I know you mentioned some of those things, before we jumped on the call. Um, and I want to get into maybe some of the highlights. But also I think it's important to know that with all those highlights that you've got in the background, you talked about some of the things that you had to shut down that just didn't work. But you're okay with that, right? Because there's loads of other things that have turned out great for you. Can we talk about some of the things that didn't work and why you decided to like cut the cord and, and X, or just shut it down? What happened there? Yeah, um, <clears throat> it's, there's, there's, there's a few reasons. That,
0: the main reason that something didn't work or didn't work as well as I'd have wanted it to work when I think back it is, it does boil down to focus because if you don't put the muscle behind something, then why would it grow? Why would it, why would it be a success? So, you know, it's kind of going all in. And I think the things that I, that I did that maybe didn't work that well was because I didn't, I didn't go all in. And the reason I didn't go all in was, either because of a genuine timing thing. So I had something else that was more important or it's, it's a psychological thing of I don't, I don't know if I believe fully in this or maybe it's not quite congruent with my values. Um, so one of the examples was I, I had the number of high profile, wealthy personal training clients, back in the day. So I've always trained athletes, but I've always also trained general public. I really enjoy general public training.
1: Mm. I think,
0: I think they, there's different challenges and it's, and it's really valuable doing that. And I had a number of, of, high, uh, of high net worth personal training clients. And when you train clients for a long time, you, you build relationships, you get closer to those people. And long story short, I ended up training these people in another country, intensively, for um, a week. And it was very, very profitable for me. And I did a number of weeks of this type of training. And then I had a a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, I went to school with, who's a PR expert, public relations expert. And he basically convinced me to um, build a business doing this type of training. So like you pay for a week, you go to anywhere in the world, blah, 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 blah. So the business is excellent. The model is superb. But, and he got me some amazing PR. You know, we had the Telegraph, the Times, had a guy from the Mirror come up and train with me. I had literally PR all over the place. But I always, in the back of my mind and in my in my heart, really, again, a bit fluffy, but in my heart, felt a resistance because that's not my market, and I didn't want to do that. And so, when it came down to it, there was some there was a resistance psychologically for me to go all in with that business, and I actually wanted to help coaches, and I could tell you that it's about building my other business, and there was that, there was some legitimate time, timing issues as well. But essentially I shut that down because I felt like this is just not quite right for me. This is not the way that, that I want to go right now. I'm not saying it isn't in the future. Um, but at the time there was just a conflict there in my mind. So I think again, I think if you're going to be successful in in business, you need to be really, truly passionate, but also aligned with what that business is going to, or where that business is going to take you and, and be, and be confident with that. And you can't future pace that all the time. And there are times where you're like, Oh wow, we're getting big here and I need to handle that. I'm now, you know, liaising with different people and I need to think about my profile and so on and so forth. But the, the, you, you, I think, you know, you know where you're at. If that business feels like the right thing for you to stick your chips in and really push hard, you, you have that feeling of alignment there. And I think that is a mistake that I made of, of trying to push forward with something that I wasn't truly aligned with back in the day. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Do you know what I love about what you just said? You didn't blame it on outside factors. It was all an internal thing. Police yeah. system, timing for you, didn't have all your chips in. That's what I picked up. It's an mm. internal thing, yeah. which tells me when you do set your mind to something, it can be done, but you've got to believe. And if you don't believe, you can't conceive it and it doesn't just sure. be right.
0: Yeah, totally. You, you've got to, you've got to, yeah. And, and, and that's where coaches and mentors come in well because they can help you with that belief. They can help to, to paint the picture, but it's you that's going to do it at the end of the day. So you've got to be okay with like, actually, yeah, this is going to happen. I'm doing it. I'm sticking my chips in and, and making it happen. So yeah, the failures are really important. The failures are, uh, I'm thankful for them, you know, and um, it, it's helped shape, it helps shape who you are and the challenges mentally that you go through, they, they add resilience to the version of the person that you are today. So, you've got to say thanks to those things that happen.
1: It's a bit cliche, isn't it, always talking about the failures and everyone always says how great are lessons they are. And... But what you've got to appreciate is you have to have the failure to get the success. Otherwise, you don't know what success feels like. It's just like anything, right? There's got to be hot and cold, up and down, cool. day and night, heads or tails. There's always an opposite to the upside or the downside. Yeah. Once you're comfortable knowing that, then failure doesn't seem like failure or a downside. It just seems like part of the process of experiencing life.
0: Mm. Yeah. It, there is there is no pain without pleasure, and it gives you perspective in general. But also, it's like, what? Well, why would it work first time? Why would that just be a success at the click of your fingers? Surely that is a stupid thing to even contemplate, you've got to be prepared to, 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 to try a few 1RM squats before you hit that squat.
1: Yeah, then yeah. it makes it more satisfying. Yeah. Like, if you can fail, and you fail and then you achieve, then that's, it's so much sweeter. So I'm always looking for that failure or that point of disappointment because I know the, the upside is going to taste that much sweeter when I do get there. And it's about the process. I don't really approach life looking for a destination per se anymore. I used to when I was a lot younger because you're young, right? You want everything. You want to buy dumb shit. You want to buy watches. You want cars. You're looking for the destination. If I get to this point, everything's going to be great. But as you get older and older, you realize when you get to that point, that's not the end. You've still got to go to the next one. And if you're constantly chasing the destination, you're never going to be truly fulfilled or happy. So I've learned to just enjoy the process, the failings, the successes, the bad and the good. Um, and that's my philosophy now towards life, right? Just enjoy that process of growth. Because um, you'll never get to a destination. And when you get there, you're going to be gone anyway. Because we don't last forever, right? We're not immortal. So some of those things that you've got behind you, some of the highlight reels, yeah. um, what's been... <laughs> the big moments in your career, what are you most proud of in terms of what you've got behind you?
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, it's a privilege to be a part of somebody else's journey and to be invited into their life to contribute. So when I look at, you know, my clients and the athletes that I've worked with, I've worked with some great athletes and shared moments that are really, really cool. Um, with some of those athletes being being cage side at the UFC cornering athletes there um, having athletes perform at the Olympics or athletes nominated for Sports Personality of the Year um, and so on and so forth is it, it, brilliant it, it's those are those are amazing but um, you know it's just nice to be a, a part of that I'm, I'm really proud of what doing, strength conditioning education. It's, I don't take it, it's certainly not all me that's that's built that business because we've got a fantastic team there and people that are better than I am at, at their respective disciplines. There's no question on that. But um, I'm really, really proud of the contribution that we're making there. And um, we have about a thousand PTs a year go through that. So from a business perspective, I'm, I'm proud of the impact that, that our students are making and raising the standards and and achieving their version of success—that's that's incredibly fulfilling to me as a coach to see other people fulfilling their versions of success. Um, I've enjoyed writing for magazines. I've enjoyed, you know, being part of athlete journeys and, and so on and so forth. But I think more than anything, it's working with coaches and trainers to help them see the, the challenges they're facing, help them overcome them, and, and ultimately survive and thrive. I think is a better word, thrive in an industry that most people don't even survive in, you know?
1: Mm, love it. Can we talk a little bit more about uh, the S&C education?
0: Sure. Yeah. What, what would you like me to, to touch on?
1: That was a bit more about like what it involves, why you're so proud of that particularly. And um, maybe from a personal training perspective, looking from the outside, like what is it? What does it mm-hmm. include? Yeah,
0: so the business really, strength education, it sort of does what it says on the tin. Um, We started off as an online coaching business and an online products business, so selling um, workshops and seminars to people all over the world that they could download and watch. And then it morphed into a mentorship program, so helping people to, to gain and develop the skills of elite coaches. Both technical skills and coaching soft skills and then we've added the business side into that so our level four course it's a level four and course so it goes obviously above the level three classic PT covers everything that allows you to then work with performance athletes teams have a gym and a business but more importantly utilize the skills of elite coaching and the technical skills and soft skills of that with your existing client base so i've never ever thought of strength and conditioning as this is reserved for elite athletes it's the way i define it is it's elite coaching but we're not elitist and so the, the the programs are accessible to everybody any pt and we've got a pathway that takes you through from being a a, an aspiring coach to a a qualified coach and no doubt about it the the coaches that qualify they start off as trainers there's a big psychological mindset shift in there they come out as coaches and they build great businesses and they survive in an industry that doesn't really favor um people that that you know have a basic level qualification It, it needs somebody who's who's able to deliver transformational results. And that's something I I come back to a lot. Excuse me, that, that whole word of, can you deliver genuinely transformational results and experiences for your clients? I don't mean transformation like, can you get somebody shredded in eight weeks? I mean like a psychologically and physically transformational change where they are a different person at the end of it with a different set of skills and capabilities? And the answer, brutally honest, is most people can't because it needs genuine coaching skills, the ability to question somebody, the ability to challenge somebody, the ability to deliver the message in a number of different ways. If if way one doesn't get across, way two doesn't get across, let's do it way, the third way, and, and put a roadmap in place for them to follow that, facilitates change so if you can then deliver genuinely transformational results that our courses teach you you are in the 0.01% of trainers globally straight away so i look at that and i think everybody talks about disruption right this is a disruptive industry this is a dis- this is disruptive technology disruption in personal training is being, number one, a genuine coach, and number two, a coach who can deliver transformational change because 99.9% of trainers and coaches cannot do that. So if you can take somebody through a genuine change process, you're already ahead of the masses, able to charge higher fees and get retention that's far and far ahead of other people and so on and so forth. So the best way to disrupt your industry, to raise your fees and build a great business is have an unbelievable product at the base of what you do. So, you know, imagine if you bought an Apple product tomorrow that you'd paid more for than anything else. You got it home and it broke down and it was crap. They might sell you one, but they're not selling you it again. Imagine if you get that product home and it's better than you ever imagined, which a lot of Apple products are even though we've got high expectations, you're going to keep purchasing that. Even though it's more expensive, you're going to value that. And if your product at the base of the pyramid here, you are an excellent coach, able to deliver transformational change time and time again to every single client that you work with. People will value that and pay top dollar for it and get better results from it. And that's what we do on the level four and with SCE it's it's, it's designed to deliver that and and the coaches that we have validate that really
1: i couldn't agree more with the point you made about the product and the result and just the quality and the analogy you made with apple because it's the same with any big brand or product they don't have to send you through some crazy marketing scheme or funnel or upsell they're yeah. just wicked product you know, if you buy it, you're going to get a great experience, then you're going to keep back and buy more. Um, and I, I did a post, sorry, create some content for my community today, actually talking about this very subject, because a lot of people struggle with approaching people. Now, there's obviously a lot of variables why, but one of the reasons that I believe, and you'll probably agree with me, is because they don't believe in their product. And so yeah. it feels like they're selling because it doesn't feel like a win to the other side. Yes. Yeah. One of the big ways to be able to overcome that fear that you're selling something is build an amazing product or have an amazing service. And then it won't feel like you're selling anymore because you'll feel like you're doing someone a genuine win, right? If they buy your product, they're going to win. Yeah. That's, yeah. That comes back to the continued education and why I am very pro. Education, I think it, the term is called Kaizen as well, where you're cont- yes. constantly just improving, upskilling, just yes. adding more to your locker that's really just going to help you and build your confidence, right? It's a psychological thing. Um, when you layer it in with the sales and your product, you've got a great business. Mm. Now, as we kind of wrap things up and bring it to the end, I want to kind of uh, get your advice. So, obviously, we're going to have a lot of personal trainers listening to this podcast. All different levels what would your advice be to those people that are listening for them to have a great year to be successful in what they do and really achieve all the things that they want to achieve what would be some of the things that you'd want to tell those people
0: um yeah great question great question yeah i think first and foremost It's, you probably, you guys, you're probably familiar with this in your community, but I think spending some time every day and week working on your business, not in your business. It might be creating valuable content. It might be working on the structure of your program so that you can take something out to, you know, minimize that time from idea to action again, as we've discussed. Spending time working on your business, moving it forward every single day. Is a, is, a, is a cornerstone here. I think allocating a percentage of your revenue or your income that you bring in to continued development, mentoring, coaching, and just growing your whole knowledge base in, in whatever way possible is definitely something that I would suggest as well. And making sure that you're showing up and you're fully present in your coaching sessions with those people. It it sounds so obvious, but people that are not fully present don't get full buy-in, and so time on the phone or being not punctual or just set the standards of your service super high so that people remark in a positive way about you that's the word of mouth is so powerful. And, and so you, you know, you you can have the marketing funnel out, but your clients and your customers are not leaving that session feeling a sense of being absolutely blown away by the quality of your coaching and your, um, program and the whole experience. The experience is massive. It's not just the sets and reps, It's from the the moment they get to the environment to the moment they leave. And even when they leave with your whole follow-up and so on and so forth, that just make their experience amazing. And it gives you the right then to to ask them for referrals. As you touched on in your last point, it gives you the belief and the confidence to say, this is great. This product is really, really world-class. And it makes the whole process of sales and business growth and personal growth so much easier when you know that you've got a fantastic underpinning product that the world must know about um so you know three three simple things there from me show up every day work on your business not in your business and make your product world class i'm I'm smiling
1: on the side of the screen here just listening to what you're saying because. They're all just great points. Really, really love that, Brendan, really love that. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for doing this. Really appreciate it. Um, if anyone wants to find more about you, uh, where can they find you? What's your social media? What's the website so that people can go and check out your company or look more into you?
0: So I'm just at Brendan Chaplin on most platforms, um, you know, the usual ones. Uh, I have a, a free Facebook coaching group with a load of free resources and videos in there, called Strength and Success Accelerated with Brendan, so you can look at that, or maybe you can share a link on that one,
1: Alex. Yeah, we'll put it and, in the show. Um,
0: thank you. And then the other business, Strength Education Education, is just at S and C Education or Strength and Condition education.com. We have a level four course, as I mentioned, and um, if you guys, anybody listening in, wants to to do that. We'll, we'll leave a link for that, but if you mention my name, just say Brendan when you speak to one of the sales team and they'll look after you with a, with a, a good offer, a good discount there to, as, a, as a favor to you, Alex, and for your community.
1: Awesome, cool. So we should definitely meet up for coffee sometime. Meet face to face, not just over the internet. Awesome. Uh, we're not miles apart, but again, thank you so much. I'm always grateful for the guests that come on. Um, and spending your time with with us and our community. Um, so enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll speak soon.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, and take care, everyone listening.
1: See thanks you later, Thanks for tuning into the show. I hope you enjoyed it, guys. If you did, head over to your favorite app and leave us a short review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you wanted to learn more about our products and services, head over to coachingignited.com. And if you wanted an awesome website built for your coaching business, head over to our partner company, servectamedia.com. That's all from me. See you soon.